Welcome to episode 119 of The Awakened Soul. This is your host, CEO Hayes. You can follow me personally at C-E-O-H-A-I-Z-E. You can also follow the podcast at Awakened Soul Pod or at The Awakened Soul Pod, just depending on which social media platform you're looking for us on. I need to probably unify those so they're both the same. Judge me not. Um, nonetheless, we are here this week uh, to do part two under the Discovering Yourself Through Divorce series. My guest this week is fame adjacent herself, Mrs. Hype Williams in the building, talking about the process of her divorce, how she discovered herself through it, how it did ultimately benefit her ex and her kids and all their relationship. And overall, it's just a really great story to listen to. Like I said, this series is all about the positivity, not the negativity in divorce. And because of that, there are uh, the discussions that we have in this series hopefully are more enlightening and hopefully help break some of those mental boundaries and stigma stigmas when it comes to divorce itself. So really excited uh, to give you guys this episode. Before we get into that, I do have one bit of housekeeping. Uh, <laughs> Cole Johnson is officially part of the breaks media not only is he joining the breaks media with his podcast cold sports and um his divorce podcast it's it's more than that he's actually joining me and bj in the decision making uh capacity where he's going to help shape the future of the breaks media and where we go this is not the last announcement that we have like this because we actually have someone else joining the board as well um she <laughs> is is going to come in full force so uh, I can't wait till we make that announcement. We're tightening some things up, but that announcement is coming very shortly as well. That may even be on next week's episode. Um, but yeah, that that's really it. I, I just want to welcome Cole uh, to coming into the company. And we've already talked about some things and you guys may have seen uh, the Breaks Media is looking for bloggers. We are wanting to put more of a spotlight on the written portion of the website and making that more of an exclusive thing and a place for people to go to for content. So if you know any blog writers, if you're a blog writer and you're looking for um, a, 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 to have a team behind you, maybe a bigger platform to write on, um, it, it, any blog writer who comes on completely controls their own section of the blog gets to decide whatever they want to write about. We are looking for anything. So whether it's hair care, whether it's gossip, whether it's p politics, whether it's just whatever. If you're a blog writer and you want to join a team that's going to help support you and um, help you with your content, come to the Breaks Media. Uh, you can send any emails there, thebreaksmedia at gmail.com. So we can, as a team, we'll look over it, we'll contact you, and we'll see what we can do. So that's it. I guess I said that we had one housekeeping, we had two housekeeping notices, but that's it. We're going to go ahead and get into our intro music, and I'll see you guys on the other side of that with Hype Williams. The following is a Breaks Media podcast. You are now listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. For another episode of Love Lust, The Awakened Soul. Jesus, I have too many podcasts. I just go into all of them. But we 
are here to have uh, part two in the series of discovering yourself in divorce, and we have a special guest. She's already been on the podcast once. That is Miss Fame Adjacent herself. Miss Hype Williams is in the building. What's going on? What's really good? <laughs> <laughs> and it was important for me to have you on the series a because I think like when you talk about your divorce and even like you and your ex being very close, that was an aspect that I really wanted to cover when we were doing the series. And mm-hmm. um, so I, I really wanted to have you on. I'm glad you agreed. Cause I'm about to dig in your shit. That's what I'm about to do. Okay. <laughs> no problem. Oh, fuck, let's do it. <laughs> so uh, first, before we get into it, like into like divorce itself, how old were you when you got married? When I got married, I was 25. You were 25. Do you mm-hmm. feel like looking back do you, at all, do you feel like that was too young? Kind of the perfect very. age, very too young. I don't, Looking back on it, I think people should wait till at least 30 to have children and get married. Okay. I don't think no one should be married and a parent in, tw- in their 20s. I, looking back, I agree with you because I think like there's so much grown. Like we, we have this mindset of like if you're nine, once you're 20 or technically an adult, you're grown. And you're really not. Yeah. There's still so much growing growth that you have left to do and developing that you have left to do because now you're really in the world getting to experience it kind of on your own. So. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that completely. Yeah. Um, nope. You don't really know what you who or what you are in your 20s. So to sit there and couple up and try to build a life with someone when you don't even know who you are, it, it sets down a road of difficulty that you can actually avoid if you just wait it. And unfortunately, our society tells, especially women, that once we get to a certain age in our 20s, when we're you know, we should have babies and find a husband and settle down, but no one's telling us, you know, go find out what you like first before you have to deal with this other person. Yeah, absolutely. Go find out who you are first before you have to deal with this other person. So yeah, it was way too, I I was way too young when I got married. Yeah. And then that, and then throwing kids in it and everything, it really takes like so many people who get married early on and some people are able to tough through it. I don't want to act like just because you get married young, it means that it's necessarily not in divorce. No, no, no. Some but people it, actually do well. Yeah. Not all people. <laughs> but it makes it more difficult. And like yes. when we have an, a, a divorce rate of, I think it's over 50% at this time. Like mm-hmm. it, I want to, I would, I wanted to know like the direct correlation to people who get married in like the twenties versus the thirties and how more, more successful the marriage is. I haven't done right. any of that research, but it'll just be interesting to see. Yeah, just to see what those numbers are, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so mm-hmm. let's get into the divorce, I guess. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So the first question is, what changes did you notice were happening about yourself leading up and into your divorce? I was uncomfortable. Okay. I was really uncomfortable in my house, in my skin, in my relationship, and in, in every aspect of my life, I was uncomfortable. And I knew something was wrong. Now, we had our issues before that. And a lot of issues. Because like I said, we got married young. Um, but I was lonely and I was I was I was tired of it. So I had really got to the point where I was like really fed up. That's how I knew I was done. Because I'm a pretty loyal person and I'll stick around, do a lot of crap. But once I'm done, I'm done. I knew I was done. Like okay. I felt it coming. Okay. Yeah. Like, let's talk about that. So you say you felt it coming. Like what mm-hmm. I I know you say you felt lonely and everything, but what was like the switch in, in your head that went from I feel like I'm done to no, it, it's, it's time to end this. Let's, let's, we, let's end this. We were no longer intimate. Okay. We weren't, we weren't, we, it, it was, I think he moved out of the, out of our marital bed eight months before I left. Oh, wow. And we had, a, my daughter was young at the time and she wasn't, you know, you know how kids are, they don't want to sleep in their own bed. So at first we thought that was the issue. And then once she started sleeping by herself, I realized that he did not want to come back in the bed. Mm-hmm. And then when I asked him, did he want to come back in the bed? He's like, no, nah, I'm good. I was just like, Oh, oh wow. <laughs> okay. 
Okay. <laughs> is, it, is it the bed? Is it too lumpy? Do we need a new mattress? He was like, yeah. I went and got a new bed, slept in it for two days, and then went back on the couch. So I knew for a fact that we were disconnected, mm-hmm. which had happened before, but this felt different. I was actually grieving my grandmother's death Okay. during this process. Okay. So emotionally, I was all over the place, and I don't, I'm going to say this, and you know how true this is. I don't know if you know. But when you're married or in a, in a relationship, the woman usually holds the um, emotional burden yeah. of the relationship. So I have a husband and three children. I'm holding everyone's emotions plus mine. Now I'm grieving. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I need you to step up. And he had he did his, the best he could, Okay. which I needed more. And I feel like I got I remembered that year feeling like, damn, I'm trying to push him to be something he just cannot be. Okay. I, I want him to be what I want him to be as far as emotional support and whatever else other aspects of our marriage that he just he just couldn't. Okay. He just he just really could not. And the idea that just because you're married to someone that they're supposed to change and contort and be everything you want them to be is not true. It, yeah, That's not how humanity works. Mm-hmm. And but no one taught me that at 25. So I'm sitting there my whole marriage trying to make him a square when he was a circle. Okay. And that's what the problem was. So, and, and now growing from that and, and being through everything that you went through, how, how do you think, like, if when going forward, if you were to ever get married again and get into a committed relationship, how do you better, mm-hmm. better balance that emotional weight? Because you say you, you you had to juggle it all. You felt like you did. How, how would you balance that better going forward? Pretty much setting boundaries and saying no. Okay. I mean, it's just that simple. Look, I'm here to support you. We're here to support each other. But you have to do your own emotional work. I cannot sit here and support. And be your counselor. There okay. it is. Yeah. There it is. You you have that little bit of part in a marriage where you are the person that are confident, you'll come to each other, you'll talk, talk about things you vent or whatever. But when it really comes down to your mental health and how you handle stress and emotion, that's something that you have to do on your own. To, to have the woman be responsible for all of that, that's a lot. Yeah. And I, I thought that that was my job. So moving forward, I know that's not my job. And I'm going to say it up front. Look, fam, you might want to see a therapist. Can we go together? Can we, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. because there is going to be so many things that happen in this marriage. We're going to need help. We cannot think that it's just the two of us against the world. It really isn't. It isn't. Yeah. That's how I felt about it. And I feel like that, that mindset, it kind of binds marriages because that was mine at first too. It was like this idea of it's us against everybody else. And then slowly you start to see that shit is not going to work. When they say it takes a village, it truly does. And if it's you two versus everyone else, you're going to find yourself on the losing end of that battle. You may be able to stave it off for like a couple of years, a handful of years if you're lucky. But eventually that shit's coming back down around you for real. Yeah, seriously. Like um, our turmoil in our marriage, we were separated before. Mm. Um, so we got divorced and I think it was like four or five years before that we were separated for two years. Oh, wow. I didn't and know so that my, part. Our families have gone through this ride with us the whole time we've been married. So to think that it's just me and him, it's not. It's me. It's him, the kids, his mama, my mama, my sister, his brother. We're all going through this process together. So that idea, yeah, oh, it's just me and you. We're going to get married. And, you know, just, nah, that's not how this works. <laughs> the village is affected by your divorce. The yeah. village is affected by your discourse. When y'all show up not speaking to each other, and you think nobody notices. The village is aware of the stress. And they are also bearing the brunt of that because everyone wants you to succeed. Yeah. No one wants you to get divorced, you know? So it, that, you have to really look at, and this is something I learned during my divorce, my 
my marriage had a re- it reverberated through my family. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And nobody really talks about the damage you cause in-law relationships and you know what I'm saying when you decide that this is over or when y'all in y'all in discourse. How do yeah. you, we, we talked about the village. So how do you balance, because everyone has this mindset of, and I kind of agree with it to a degree of keeping people out of your marital business, mm-hmm. but still, mm-hmm. still maintaining that, that village concept. Like how do you balance the two? So in your village, you need some, you need a couple or two of married people. Mm-hmm. You also need some single folk. You need a, you need a broad, a broad spectrum, but these people you need to be able to trust. So for our marriage, when we were going through stuff, we went to my sister and my brother-in-law. Okay. Those were the two people we can trust. We trusted them because if I came to them on something that was very sensitive, I knew for a fact that, you know, it, I wouldn't have to hear it anyplace else. That's important. You need a trusted source. They were a trusted source. I knew for a fact that any I, advice they gave me was for both of us. Okay. You know, there wasn't, I'm team Tanique and another one was team Kwame. It was just like, I'm team you guys. Yeah. Also, your elders are as important. You need a couple who's been married a while, who's gone through the trenches to actually advise you in certain things because we're all young. We're all in our 30s and 20s. We still live in this life. If you get somebody who's been married for, you know, 30, 50 years, they can tell you things about marriage that none of us know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You need someone to talk to. So this idea that you get married and it's just you and your wife and y'all got to bounce everything off of each other. So what happens when y'all can't talk to each other? Mm-hmm. Who do you go to? You can't go to your single boy who's in the club at that moment, you need someone who's in the trenches like you are, yeah. that you trust. And it's hard out here because people tell your business. That's the And that's the key I, thing in what you said is going to people that you know that you're talking to is going to stay between y'all. Because I that's a lot of reason why I don't talk to my family about certain shit. And they, they don't do it to be malicious. My mm-hmm. family just some of my family just does it because they don't know how the hell to not talk to people about shit. When I come to you, that's between me and you, dog. I don't need mm-hmm. Auntie Pam telling me later on, "Hey, I heard you and you and your wife are into it." Like I don't need that. Right? No, yeah. I hear that. So, like I said, a trusted source. Yeah. If your parents are a trusted source, you go to their parents. If you don't have someone in your family that's a trusted source, let's say it's the first lady or the pastor of your church that you really trust and you need advice, you go to them. Yeah. Ask, you know, go for help. Like to sit there and just rip each other's heads off and and just your house is just a mess because no you're not asking for help you have to ask for help so in my next marriage there will be definite help <laughs> more help than there was in this one <laughs> so uh, and another thing that we like talked about the village and uh kind of goes into the next question is like like did you ever feel shame about your marriage failing and i think a lot of people won't ask for a divorce because they're ashamed then to go like how their family takes it how their friends take it a lot of times in marriages we have shared friendships how do you go to that friend now and still maintain that friendship with someone who's so used to being around you guys as a couple what what about that shame aspect um okay so when we first got separated we actually started the process the first time we got separated um and at that time i felt shame Okay. And I spoke to my mother about it and she was devastated. Oh my God, why are you getting divorced, divorced? And so that pressure that everybody else was disappointed, I also took that on. Okay. So it was shame and disappointment of my family and friends. The second, the, this last time when we really, really got divorced, I felt no shame at all. Okay. I knew what I was doing. I was okay with my, I was not more than okay. I was certain in my decision that this was the best decision for our family. Okay. So the second time around, I was like, all right, we're good here. <laughs> Let's go. Let's get it done. Yeah. How, how has like your ex maintained relationship with your family since the divorce? If he has. He does. Okay. Like, okay. So we are a, a very tight knit family. And when we take on strays is what we like to call people outside <laughs> of our family. You are a part of this unit. So I knew for a fact that once we got divorced, he would still be my family. 
Okay. That was guaranteed. I don't care how mad I was in, in the process or how I felt. I knew for a fact that not only is he the father of my children, he is my family. So they treat him as just, just the same. So my sister and her husband hang out with him. And they did that when we were married by themselves. Okay. They have a relationship with him. You know, if my kids are with him instead of me, my sister can go over there and just pick up those kids or go hang out with them. My mom texts him happy birthday. So does my dad. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, and we still have family situations to where we all have to come together still okay. because we have children. Mm-hmm. So we, we're not those t- we're not those type of people to be like, all right, that's your ex-husband, fuck up. That's not who we are. Unless he did something really horrible to me, yeah. which he did not, there was no reason to, you know, make him an outcast. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good to know. I, I, yeah, and I, I hate I hate the typical, like, what we looked at is, like, the ethnic divorce couple where it's like, we hate each other and our families hate each other. Like, it doesn't have to be that way. Let's all grow the fuck up. Like, it doesn't have to be that way. It was important for the two of us that our children saw a separate healthy. Okay. They already saw us fighting. They already saw us me crying. They already saw him mad. They've already seen the bad stuff. Now it was important, especially for me, because I have a daughter. Once London came aboard, for me, life really changed mm-hmm. because having two boys is it's a different, it's a complete dynamic. You know that you have different sex children, so you know it's not the same straight across. Exactly. So when London came across, I was just like, wow. If she brought home a man who made her feel the way I'm feeling, I'd bust his ass. I'm teaching her that this is okay. I'm teaching my sons that this is okay. And when I say this, I mean, everything I did wrong in my relationship, I was not a great wife. I'm being very honest. I was on autopilot. I cooked, I cleaned, I did what I was supposed to do, but they, I had so much damage and growth to do in myself that now, let's say if I get remarried now, I think I'll be a way better wife than I was then. I'm being very honest. Um, he wasn't a great husband. And he, but how, no one taught us how to do this. Yeah. We were completely lost. So we're honest in that aspect. So to, I don't know, I lost my train of thought that fast. <laughs> <laughs> how, how long after the divorce, or if there ever was a time, did it take you guys to get back on the, on like the path of this great friendship it seems like you guys have now? So that was hard. I'm okay. not even going to lie to you. Um, because, like I said, it was important to us that we made sure the kids saw us separate healthy. But there were still phone calls where we argued. We saw each other and hurt each other's feelings. Like, we were still on that path. It took... And then we were still intimate when we left each other. Okay. That didn't help. Do you think it's important so, to cut that out early? Yes. Okay. Yes. You absolutely have to, because in his mind, I was coming back. Okay. I knew I wasn't. And I was your just mind, Yeah, like, you needed some dick. <laughs> I knew, but he was devastated when it when he finally realized that I wasn't coming back. And it was because we remained intimate after we broke up. Do not do that. Please don't do that. Like, sever. You have to sever the tie because you have to mourn the loss of the relationship. If you keep if you keep having sex with that person, it's almost impossible. Okay. It's almost impossible. Okay. So we worked through that. Um, I remember having a conversation with him. I was just like, I don't know how to be your friend. I just know how to be your wife. Mm. So now I have to learn how to be your friend. Certain shit I can't take personal. Certain things I can't ask you. You know what I'm saying? Certain conversations we cannot have with each other. There, it was a lot of boundary setting to get us to where we are and we still don't have it right but compared to other couples uh-huh. we're doing light years better than most people and most people come to us and say how do you do that and i'm just like put your children first that's it yeah take your emotions out of it you're hurt and all that yeah it's still there nobody's telling you not to not to feel that but when it comes time to separate and and, and divvy up estates and put kids over here and over there we're all looking at ourselves. We're all thinking about our own hurt. Nobody's taking care of these kids and their emotions during this moment. 
worry about your children. If your children see you guys actually be able to be cordial to each other in moments where, you know, they have to parent you, then they can't manipulate the two of you Mm. because that's what kids do. If Mm. I'm in two different households, I want two sets of rules. And if I can make sure that y'all in discourse, I can have that. We are one mind. Okay. And they be trying us. And I'm like, yo, you heard what your daughter said, (laughs) you know, and we're on it. Yeah. That's important. Do you, do you think kids do that? Do that intentionally, or is it kind of unintentional that kids kind of... It's human nature to manipulate. So okay. if you're going to sit here and think that children are not manipulating you, they've been doing it since they was oh, babies. Yeah. Yeah. Every time somebody cried and you ran into the room, <laughs> you would be manipulated. These children, let's be very honest. And what happens in divorce is because kids are also going through the morning of the situation and mm-hmm. trying to figure out what's happening, that they're, they're holding on to whatever joy they can. So if I can make you mad by making her happy, and she fucking with me right now, I'm going to do it. Oh, wow. What do you what do you think, especially like with your with your oldest? And I get you can talk about the other other kids as well because mm-hmm. they experienced it. What what do you think? How how did he mourn the divorce and how did he come out of it better? So, like I said, you know, he's like my best friend. Uh-huh. We grew up together. We're <laughs> twenty years apart. I had him very young. Um, he has been through the whole relationship. Out of both his brother and sister, he's been around the longest. So I met my ex husband when I was sixteen. And he was going on 18. So he's about to graduate high school. That's when I met him. So that's how long we've been together. Okay. My son has seen it all. So when it came down to me ready to have a get divorced, I went to him and I was just like, look, I'm, I'm leaving. You coming with me? He was like, yeah. <laughs> so when it was time to look at apartments, because uh-huh. he's a giant, I took him with me. To how tall sure is he, he by the way? Cause it's six, four. Okay. Okay. That was about what I thought. Okay. Yeah, he's continue. About six, four. <laughs> yeah. So I took him with me and then we found this place and it's like, you know, a small duplex, or whatever. And he was like, yeah, we can live here. He was like, I just want y'all happy. That's all he said. That's what, that's very mature. That's what's up. Well, he's a mature kid. And, yeah. and the other two felt that way, but my middle son, he suffered the most. Okay. He suffered the most. Uh, my daughter, she was, she had her Disney channel crying moment. And then she came in and saw the apartment and she said, Oh, there's two floors. We're fine. We'll be okay. And that was, <laughs> Whereas it took about a year or two for my middle son to really like settle into his new life. Okay. That he had two homes that the, his parents are not together anymore. That was hard. Yeah. It was oh. really hard. It, yeah. yeah. And people often forget about like the kid aspects of it. That they are mourning too. They're mourning the end of their family as well. So I, I wanted to ask you about that. Um, the next question that I have on the list is, is about obligation. And a lot of times people will stay in marriages because of different obligations to the kids themselves what well, the marriage, their exes, what do you think? Wh- why is it important for people to be obligated to their own happiness? Even, even if they're married, not even just divorce, but just period obligated to your own happiness. Your happiness is your responsibility, period. If you, I'm sorry that we have all been told that someone else is to make us happy. No, they enhance our happiness. Mm. Your happiness is your responsibility. It is not your husband's responsibility. It is not your wife's responsibility. If, if, if you're waiting for someone else to bring joy into your life, you're going to be disappointed every time. Yeah. Period. Don't go into a marriage or a relationship with a boyfriend or girlfriend or fiance thinking that this person is just going to stop all your bad thoughts. No, sweetie, you still have to work on that. Yeah. You know, everything about you is your responsibility. This person is here to enhance. So as far as obligate, obligation, I was, I was only obligated to me and my children. Okay. At the end of the day, like how they were raised, what environment they came home to was the only thing I was really obligated in that marriage. To be honest, for me, that's how I feel about it. And that's why the divorce was important to me. 
Okay. So if you were to ask my ex, and anyone can, he will tell you that I made the best decision for our family. And that's maturity right there, because a lot of people wouldn't think that their ex would say that. So that's that's great. You're inspiring me right now. That's all I'm gonna say. Why? Just because you just it just it, it, it it's because it you know so many even when with the first episode like cliche dropped a a bunch of bombs and it's mm-hmm. like her and her ex went through a great process and they're in a great place too yeah but like to just hear her children were younger so like to hear your children being older when you guys went mm-hmm. through it and and it, it's it's inspiring because i hope that a lot of people get shit out of this and you know a lot of us have children and we have children young and so through that process oh, yeah, like I said, put them first take yourself out of it you're gonna be you're gonna be upset you're gonna mourn you yeah 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 whatever they're children. Yeah. They're children. You, we are teaching our children how to be married. So if your marriage is one of discourse and fighting and violence, guess what? Your kid has two options to do that or not to do that. And most likely we always repeat what we've seen growing up. Yeah. Why do you want your daughter to see you crying every day? Because you're supposed to stay with her daddy? <laughs> no, 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 no. Why do you want your son seeing you being treated that way? Male or female? Yeah. Because then your son's going to bring home a, a girl like your ex-wife who you can't stand because you stayed with her for the children. You're teaching these children how to be messes. And I think that's why our generation is so jacked up with marriage because, like, our grandparents, you know, people staying just because they got married and knowing that the husband has a other family around the corner and shit, like, for generations. who actually grew up like that. Yes. Yeah, and, it, we, 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 like, it was, it's just crazy. I couldn't even imagine being in a situation like that. That shit is wild. But uh, It happens all the time. It does. Because people are staying together for money. People are staying together for their children. You know, stuff like that. It's never about that. It's always about those two people being ridiculously selfish. Yeah. That's it. That is what it is. If you're staying in something that's making you miserable and then blaming it on someone else, I eat your kids, that's you. That's not them. Mm. That's you. That's right. And I hear a lot, you know, I don't want her to grow up without a father. My kids have their daddy. Exactly. The requirement for my divorce, for him to sign it, was that he get equal custody. Not not joint, not every weekend. He's like, no, I'm a full-time father. So if we're going to do this, we're going to split it straight down the middle. And I said, okay. You can require that. Yeah, and, and I wish most people did. Be a weekend daddy. Exactly. That's crazy. Like, and the, the, the fact of, like, people who use the kids in the divorce is, like, a ploy. Like, I, I hate that shit. And it, it's something that, like, I, I've seen it with my best friend, him going through his divorce. Like, his, his uh, wife legitimately kept his daughter from him until he agreed to an amount of alimony. They were both broke as shit. So, essentially, like... You got five she's crazy think about it and I, and I want people to really hear me when I say this what are you gaining by keeping your child away from their father or mother what are you gaining what is your child benefiting from this this ain't about your kid this about you and your hurt ass feelings yeah but yet you're hurting your kid now because they're not seeing their father unless their father is a piece of shit who's been abusing all of you niggas there is no reason to keep a child from their father because your feelings are hurt, sis. Grow up. Mm. Grow up. Because you're you're teaching your kids that that's okay. It's not okay. And guess what's going to happen? When they find out you did that, they're going to resent you. Like, exactly. You want to be, yeah, exactly. they're going to resent it. Exactly. I couldn't, like, luckily my parents didn't do that when they got it, and I was almost grown anyway. But if I were to find out that my mom kept my dad out of my life, I would almost cut her off. Like, dead serious. Like, because that's how important my father is to me. And people get so caught up, like you said, in their hurt feelings and trying to 
feel like they got the upper hand. That you, mm-hmm. you hurting your children and shit silly. Grow the fuck up. No one can ever tell you what the benefit is. Yeah. I got to get this money. Did you know, sis, that you don't have to do that to still get your coin? <laughs> and you are now stressed out because now you're the sole take, um, provider for this child. And this child is in your house every goddamn day. And now you stressed out trying to teach him a lesson. You're hurting yourself, mama. Yeah. Same, and, uh, same goes for dudes. What made you think that you can go walk away from your marriage and walk away from your kids too? Ooh. Sir, you are out of line. Yeah. And then the worst ones who like walk away from their kids then get with another woman who have kids and then help raise and those raise kids. kids. Those There's a special place in hell for motherfuckers like that. A you special are releasing children who are broken <laughs> and abandoned into the world who will then have children who are raised by broken and abandoned people. Why do we keep doing this? Yeah. No one cares about anyone but themselves. And that's why divorce is so brutal and strenuous and, and horrible. Did you know that when I decided to leave and we would, and I moved out, I went to work and he moved all my stuff for me. See, that's, that's, that's maturity at, at the highest degree and respect and love. Like, to, to, to still I'm the mother you. of his children. Exactly. Yeah. And that's how he said, he doesn't call me his ex. So no, I am the mother of his children. So with that said, I need to know where you're living. I need to know that you have everything you need. You know what I'm saying? And then we will get divorced and we'll deal with that shit. But make sure the kids are comfortable. Yeah. I didn't move out of state. Another thing, unless you have a job offer that takes you away, there is no reason that your divorce should make you live in another state. I'm sorry. Yeah. Because you're taking your child away from their parent. Move down the block, bitch. Like, what the hell? <laughs> and I literally did. We yeah. are seven blocks away from each other. I read, I did now I, that I did do a study on that uh, divorces mm-hmm. and and um like successful co-parenting situations are mm-hmm. like I think uh, I don't I know it was over eighty percent more successful when the parents live within ten mi- a ten mile radius of each other. So like, just think that thing. exactly. Yeah. So if you let's say you you get divorced and you move to another state, now your kid has no friends. Their life has been completely up. And then now their parents are not together. Yeah. I did. We already had to deal with the fact that we were not together. Why would I add on to this a new school? Why would I add on to this loneliness for my children? Yeah. Do, did I want to like move far, far away? Sure did. <laughs> but I put them first. They did not have to switch schools. They don't have to be picked up and dropped off. They can, but they can walk between us. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's amazing. That's, that's what's up. Hey guys, it's your girl Beck Easy. Hi everybody, it's your girl Joanne. Hey guys, it's Trell and this is The, the team. team. And we want to welcome you into our group chat where we talk any and everything from ABCs of sex to finding your passion. Catch us every other Tuesday on Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and YouTube. Because we lit. Take that, take that. <laughs> All right. Um... <laughs> the last question just in this part of it is like without bashing your ex, which I know you're not going to do but what's the biggest lesson that you learned from your marriage I learned what I like sexually okay he was really good at that <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I learned how to listen because mm. I, I wasn't listening in my marriage so the, the quiet of divorce and those uncomfortable moments with myself where I had to have my own come to Jesus moment and then call him and apologize Okay. I've had to call and apologize a lot. And I call it like, the, we call it the um, apology tour. When you mm-hmm. figure out you did something wrong and now you got to call everybody. <laughs> I will call him and have those moments. And then he was just like, you're growing. We're growing as people. Mm-hmm. My divorce forced me to grow. Forced me to be a better person. Forced me to be a better mother. I had no choice. I was, I, I was alone at that point. I didn't have anybody to blame 
for what was going on with me. Yeah. And him too. It forced us to grow. So that man, he 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 was there the whole time I was growing up as a as a lady. Um, but I know what it is to have a good provider. I know what it is to have a have a friend in your mate. Because me and him are friends. Okay. He's just not my husband. Yeah. He's someone else's husband. <laughs> okay. You feel me? Yeah. Like he's gonna make a great husband for somebody else, but trust me, he's not gonna be getting remarried. He don't wanna do that again. But <laughs> if he was too, he would make a great husband for someone else. Okay. That, that's mm-hmm. that's 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 good that you can say that about your ex. So, yeah. yeah. He's that's... a great man. He's 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 fantastic. Like yeah. he's just not for me. And that's something that I say all the I don't know you've heard me say it before. Just because people are good people don't mean they're good for you. Thank you. And just because someone's bad for you doesn't mean that they're a terrible person. You don't have to bash them. So Exactly. Find someone who you're equally yoked with. Yep. Stop marrying people just because y'all got pregnant. Stop that. <laughs> Stop marrying people because people told you y'all supposed to get married. Yeah. Actually, find out what you like and then find out if you actually like this person. Because very often, once you mature and grow and, and you realize what you like, you may look at somebody and be like, I, I don't even like you I, for real. Like, uh, yeah, geez. no, I'm good. I'm good. Um, <laughs> and that's why he moved out the bed because he was just like, mm, I don't like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> The next section is called the turning point. Um, and this is where we kind of flip the conversation. We start talking more about like divorce mm-hmm. itself. Um, so like uh, the, the first question is, should more people realize that divorce is a sign of strength and not weakness? And how do they realize that? You kind of touched on all this, but if you kind of just want to summarize it into like one thing, go ahead. Okay. So the idea that divorce is something that is, um, like I said, horrible. The ending of a relationship is always said to be something bad, but it really isn't because the, the strength in that is finding out what's not working for you. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's the strength in divorce. This marriage is no longer serving us and our family. We are strong enough to make the decision to part ways. If marriages, if divorce is looked at it from that standpoint, it t- you take away the destructive power of it. Okay. You know, think about the fact of why you're getting divorced. You are not happy you are not content you guys are not getting on whatever those things are the divorce will stop the negativity and cause you to grow and heal if you look at it from that aspect it is not a destructive situation all right endings are not bad endings are good because then something else can be can begin i think you just titled this episode that's great look at that quotables all and if day you long. don't want to be married for the rest of your life don't put those in your in your vows because i didn't say it <laughs> You didn't say it in your mouth. I didn't say it. Well, look at that. Um, the second one that I had on here, we already talked. We talked about like how to maintain a positive relationship with your ex. We talked about that. So I'm going to go to the last question. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the one that causes you to be reflective and introspective. So who is hype now versus who she was when she first got married? And how did the rediscovery of yourself benefit your loved ones and your children? Hype has self-esteem now. Okay. When I got married, I was a broken child with children. I had two boys. I didn't know what I was doing. The reason we got married wasn't cool. Now I know what I don't want, Mm. what I won't do, and what I'm capable of. My marriage taught me how strong I am, you know, and it it made me look at myself in a different light. My divorce absolutely did. That I'm I'm enough by myself because my whole life was about that man. My whole life was about that man. So I had to learn to be okay by myself, with myself. And I'm happy with that now and if it wasn't for my divorce i wouldn't be happy with myself i wouldn't have self-esteem i wouldn't have this confidence i believe my divorce and my marriage gave me that grade a thought meet mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i said grade a thought meet 
Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> any any that that's it. Any parting thoughts, ideas, anything that you want to say? If not, you can tell the people where they can follow you. We can go watch football. That's what we can do. <laughs> yeah, go watch my Giants. But I just want y'all to you know consider your children. Okay. Consider them in every aspect of your divorce and stop putting yourself first because the reason you're in this situation is because of your selfishness. So, you know, curb it. Curb it. Look out for those kids. And beside that, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Hype Williams with a Z. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Hype, thank you again for taking time out. And this time, we weren't talking about movies. We were digging into your shit. So I I appreciate you being willing to talk about it. Whenever you're ready, I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, people, go follow her. Check us out. I want to thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys are getting a lot out of the series. And that's been it. This is episode 119 of The Awakened Soul. Oh, my. And we are out. Peace. Somebody